Eleanor without a bar. Welcome to 3PNR. I'm your host, Adamar, and joining me again is Chris DiPerno from MUFON. Chris, how are you doing, sir? Hey, good, Adam. Glad to have uh, be with you tonight. I'm glad to have your time. What's uh, I want to dive into this out of, out of the gate. Um, I'm seeing a lot in mainstream news right now, this new release with ufology, and it, I kind of get the feeling they're playing it down a little bit while disclosing. What, what, is, what is your opinion on this? Oh, I, I think it was uh, very disappointing. I think that... Uh, as uh, Mark D'Antonio and I talked, he said it was uh, one thing that they says, at least you got it talking about it, but the taste is like cardboard. It, it just wasn't uh, anything you could like say, wow, this is awesome. Great start. It was, it was very, uh, I think a lot of hog wash to it and, uh, very disappointing as far as it uh, giving any actual information. And if you look at how they presented it and what they did, um, and they, I, I kind of think they actually kind of maybe lied or weren't informed about some. I was shocked at some of the things they were saying. Saying, agreed. You know, now for you, you're a former uh, police detective, uh, homicide, that yeah. is, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you know the language of. Uh, of officials in government and they, they obviously they're utilizing safe language through this whole thing is what I'm noticing. Um, this guy, Very safe language. yeah, this guy, Scott Bray, uh, this guy's a deputy director, director of Naval intelligence, right? Or at least it claims. So I, I, I tried looking him up. Couldn't get much on him. Obviously I'm not gonna, but, uh, yeah, him and Ronald, both ones, ones with the Pentagon's one would is Navy intelligence. Huh? He nonchalantly was debunking things, you know, like it almost seemed like he was trying to be informative while debunking at the same time, playing a double-edged sword. Yeah, but, there, you know, there were some key things that they said, I think, that they put themselves, you know, uh, with somebody who kind of knows a little bit about ufology. Here's the first thing that they said, which I thought this can't be real, is both they were asked, well, tell us about the Maelstrom incident. And the second thing they were asked is, tell us about the Adam Wilson memo. Now, the Maelstrom incident, even if you're not a ufologist, everybody knows about the Maelstrom incident. It's one of the most uh, talked about thing where a UFO shut down nuclear sites. Right. They sh- you know, they shut it down. And these guys looked at each other I th- and they looked at like, OK, what do we say? And they came out and said, well, we don't know what you're talking about kind of deal. We, we, we don't know anything about that. And I jumped and I said, you got to be kidding. Yeah, you, that, even, I mean, you even heard the guy asking the congressman, like, you know, this is well documented. This isn't like a mystery. <laughs> so correct. that's what and, got my concern, right? Because this and, guy's asking good questions and it seems like they like diverted the answer in a roundabout way. You're 100% right, Adam. They not only diverted the answer, they kind of looked at each other and say, okay, how do we get ourselves out of this mess? And they just played dumb saying, we never even heard of that before. And the other thing was the Adam Wilson memo. Now, anybody that knows about the Adam Wilson memo, because that's been circulating all over the place, Adam Wilson was a high-ranking person in the Pentagon. 
This guy had to know who Adam Wilson was. Right. I mean, here's a guy that pretty much ran the Pentagon, ran special projects there, and they looked at each other and said, no, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, now they're saying something about a UAP task force, which... (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of an oxymoron because in one sentence that guy was so they they're in one they're talking about the triangles that they were seen in in uh, night vision, You're and correct. they turn around and said that it was per, uh, perhaps drones and that the there's some artifact from the the lens that makes it appear this way. And then the other guy asked him like, "Well, if that's the case, did you get some drones yourself to compare hey, the data?" Adam, do you really believe you have the most sophisticated radars, the most sophisticated equipment, technology equipment? on those ships right and you tell me that they didn't know what this was at the time that it was for that you're either incompetent you're just plain stupid or you're lying right and you know you know it it seems to me like they're uh they're like they're defending the idea that something they could be vulnerable right they don't want to admit vulnerability here that all i hear in this whole thing is Threat to national security, threat to national security. I, I don't hear them making explanations. I didn't hear them form opinions. It's You could see that they, st- with the questions given and the answers given, it seems like there was some established dialogue. Oh, absolutely. I I think these two guys were, were picked and say, you and you, you go in there and give these guys a briefing. Because if you really had wanted a serious briefing, first of all, you would have a whole lot more congressmen there than just what they had. That's number one. You just don't have committee members and stuff of that nature. You would you would have a full-blown uh, congressional hearing. Yeah, that's another thing too, Chris. This subject, if we're going to say quote-unquote national security threat, that room was pretty empty. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Adam. That's why I was saying, wait a minute, you just got a couple of committee members here talking about uh, you know what this could be, and then... The, the most hilarious thing is they actually turn around, and this is why I say they're not taking this this briefing seriously. They turn around, and they try to show this video. Right. And in the video, you mean to tell me they're not prepared to know when to stop it, how to stop it? You know, I'm so happy you said that. You got to tell me our government doesn't have, forget the idea of the quality of the video. We don't have a system where someone could actually isolate the image in advance. That the guy struggled for five minutes. <laughs> I could do it in my home right. computer. Right. You know, you know that. I yeah. know that. And you're telling me these guys couldn't do it. They said, well, we, our computer can't do that. And I just went, oh, my God, where did they get these two guys? It's laughable. You know, it really is laughable. You know, Yeah, but then you go, you know what? They're playing it smart. They're playing dumb to be as they're dumb as a smart fox because they're saying to themselves, we're not going to give you any information to the public. We might give you a whole lot of information in a closed briefing. Now, one thing they did say that was really key, Adam, is when the congressman asked them about all these USOs, these things going into the water and stuff, they shut him down. Yeah. They didn't even say anything about it. They said, we will talk to you. And close. Yeah, we'll save that for a closed session. I heard that a few times on there. And uh, so here's to one to one thing they asked. One of the questions they asked on there was, um, have these encounters with these objects uh, affected our the development of our defense? And rather than them say yes or no to it, they said, we'll discuss that in a closed session, which tells me fair enough. If we (laughs) have encountered these things and we figured out some way or, or at least are figuring out a way to defend from them. 
of course, we're not going to speak about it openly. We don't want our enemies to even get an idea that we have it because if they do, you know, spy work, it's, it's going to turn sure. into that. But the way they answered it, well, we'll discuss this in a closed session. You basically told the public, we have an idea, but we're not telling you. It, it was a simple thing. They could have said, we're working on it, or we you know we have some people that are, I don't know, uh, developing hypotheses or theories or ideas, just anything other than we'll say this for a closed session, which then leads to the mystery, you know, carrying on. It's going to go on and on. And it's not that the government's not trying. Cause that guy Gallagher, um, uh, Mr. Gallagher, he, he really pressed for answers. You could see he really wanted them to answer, you know, with contrition. They, he want, they wanted to know, but they shut that guy down quick yeah, and they did it with circles. Only one congressman mentioned the word extraterrestrial. Yeah, you're right. It was, uh, uh there. Now here's the thing, Adam, back in world war two, we were seeing, unidentified flying objects. We call them Foo Fighters. There were all ships, even before World War One. We were seeing them all through our history, right? Right. So we know at that point the Chinese didn't have this technology because we were they didn't even have biplanes. We had to bring the flying tigers over there to defend their airspace because they had nothing. We knew it wasn't the Russians because the Russians were being destroyed Moscow was being burned to the ground. And if they had that, when you, I mean, we were giving them stuff. So th- what amazes me, they don't even talk about history. They says, oh, I think we're going to go till like 2000. And from 2009, we'll discuss it. But no, yeah, anything I that happened that. in the past, we don't care less. Yeah, you, they, they really downplayed previous cases. Uh I don't know why they did that. Perhaps because they didn't want, here's what I think. It's pride. We don't want to hear, oh, I told you, oh, I knew so. Maybe they want to avoid that. That's why they're using UAP versus UFO because there's been so many years of UFO that they, they're trying to detach themselves from that. You know, they don't want any kind of attachment to it so that stigma doesn't carry over into what they call now a formal investigation, the UAP task force, if you would. Well, ask yourself another question. Why wasn't the Air Force there? That's good. You tell me the Air Force doesn't have any sightings they could talk about. But of course, they only did Project Blue Book. Yeah. Well, you know, they're at said point or at some point they were they were talking about, well, gas is a physical thing. Right. But so the one guy in a very condescending manner was comparing or asking, like, is it gas, which is also physical, but is it physical like it's solid, like a, a solid versus a, a like a because a, everything's physical. Right. It all has physics. But is it solid or not? Is it metallic in nature? I mean, I get where he was going with that. But even then, rather than them answer, like, you ever see the show The Blacklist? Yeah, all the time. Right. So Reddington does this thing where you ask him a question, and rather than answer the question, he he diverts the conversation a different direction. That Mm -hmm. is exactly what they did today, a lot. Yeah, they took lessons from him because I'll tell you, that was the big sidestep I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) It it really was. It was kind of like... After about 20 minutes into it, you kind of said, this is just a, a, a garbage show. They're, they're, these guys are given a playbook. You answer only this. You stay away from this subjects. You don't get into that. And anything that, that's not in the playbook, you tell them you got to talk to them in a closed session. Yeah. I mean, and, and this closed session, huh? I, I got to ask the question because, again, they're bringing the word national, the words national security up a lot. Now, UFO, UFOs have been, we've been seeing this in our skies long before we had any kind of technology. I mean, we're talking sure. ancient times. Clearly, 
if they had any kind of ill intention toward us, I imagine it would have happened already. I don't think they would wait for us to get to the point where we'd have like the power of the sun hardest in a missile, even though they could, they've proved to neutralize that with quite with ease. The point is, why would they wait a thousand plus years to start their attack? They don't have to worry about that. We're destroying ourselves. They can sit back, get popcorn and watch the show. Right. You yeah. know, I agree with what you're saying. I, I just think that, you know, why would you not waste any energy or any time or anything and say, hey, wait a minute, these guys are are doing it to themselves with everything that's going on there right. if they wanted that way. But the fact that they shut down our missile systems and everything else, maybe that's a message saying, hey, guys, you're playing with the wrong stuff here. Yeah, these toys aren't for you. Put them back. Great. Oh, well, obviously that, you know, we're not mature enough to be having the power of the sun. I can tell you that. Well, that's that's why I say there's no shot in hell these things are Russian made because Russians flex. They flex everything. And, sure. and right now with this whole thing that's going on with Ukraine, undoubtedly, if they wanted to make the if they wanted that place and they had that technology, it'd have been done. If they had that technology, there wouldn't be a war going for months. It'd be over already. It would have been done a long time ago, Adam. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Right. If you're getting your butt kicked and you go, wait a minute, we've got something sitting in the hangar over here that could change change this. You know, when right. when you lo- lose a third of your army, you you're in serious trouble. And so if you have that technology. You're going to use it to get yourself out of this jam. Agreed. Yeah, you're not putting in a you're not putting on a back burner, hoping for that that miracle. I mean, just and even all right, even before this war, Russians flex shit, man. They do it all the time. Like whenever they put a new jet out or a new weapon, it's not like they they speak about it, you know, amongst themselves. Propaganda goes along with it. It's it's all over the place. They don't. They're not shy about it, right? And you know what? No, we do the same thing. Not. Except, well, I don't know. I think the game that we're playing, I think this whole thing with national security and closed session is still leading back. And unfortunately, I'm not a consp- I'm not big into conspiracy, but I get this the feeling that there's still control there. It's a control factor. Yeah. Oh, it's they they want to run the narrative, and one of the things that we believe that they're doing is they don't want to let it out all at once where they're afraid of certain things happening. And and they've had happened in the past. I mean, I, I hate to come to their defense, but in a small defense, you have seen groups, cults, you know, say, oh, the UFOs are coming tomorrow. Let's all kill ourselves, and which has happened. This is not theory. It's actually happened right. uh, years ago when we had big UFO sightings and everything. Um, you know, so we've had had mass suicides. We've had... You know, people shoot at their neighbors thinking they're aliens and things of that nature. We get stories about that all the time here on our radio show. And so I honestly think in some respect, they do not want to just come flat out and say they're here, which we know they are. But they want to make it to the point where people, you know, go, wow, aliens. Okay, uh, what's for dinner? Yeah. That's, and I see what you mean by that. That's a long drip feed, right? And it mm-hmm. makes sense because if right, currently in current times, if aliens landed, a couple things will happen. The, these certain groups of organized religion, like, well, that's a devil and we're, you know, it's the enemy. We got to kill it or, you know, go be against it. Or Correct. the majority of our youth would see like, holy shit, aliens. I'm like, all right, well, back to my game. Yeah. 
30 second entertainment. I mean, that's, we're programmed for 30 seconds of, of entertainment. That's it. <laughs> you know? And the other thing is, too, up until probably, you know, I would say just before the Ukraine war started, we're not ready for any type of advanced technology. I mean, we're devising everything for weaponry instead of using it for right. commercial stuff that benefit people. I mean, look, I, I just say to myself, holy cow, can you imagine if we had zero energy and stuff? And if we did, it's not being used for the, the public to have better life. It's it's all military grade stuff. And that's just, you know, sooner or later, that's got to stop. You got to, you know, advance your technology for the betterment of humankind as opposed to you know trying to kill each other well yeah you know, we're, we're hyper focused on military uh applications not you know like um the internet and and gps and, and computer everything we have today is a luxury started as a military application it, it, the inventors mm-hmm. of those things did not invent it like well how can we make people communicate better or how can we make things easier for people to to research this was done so they could communicate silently amongst you know our adversaries yeah. You know, Adam, in, back in the uh, 70s when I was uh, assigned to U.S. embassies, I saw cell phones back in the 70s. I told, I mean, obviously they weren't like the ones we have now, but right. they were cell phones. And, you know, they, they look more like boxes or the ones that originally came out in, in carrying bags and things of that nature. But we had that technology. Oh, yeah. But it was it was just it was for the military and certain government uh, agencies and not only just know. that, but yeah, the idea of the cell phone back then, which it, it would have progressed faster. Unfortunately, our our government and the minds of other governments are well. Before we release this luxury item to the public, we now have to figure out how we could use it for us, how we could protect uh, us from others, or you know, that's the first thing we always think about. Which mm-hmm. I, look at the end of the day. We do have adversaries in the world. Undoubtedly, they have their own ideas of how the world should be controlled. I personally don't think the government should be completely transparent about a lot of stuff because there's a for every idea the government has to defend us, there's a spy for that idea. No doubt. It's like, imagine in your mind, you're playing chess with someone, but you're telling them every move in advance. You have no shot of winning. And so I understand why, why our government does shadow a lot of things but as far as uh extraterrestrial life it's tough chris because for me i'm prepared i'm more than prepared you're prepared oh yeah but, but you know what i'm scared about huh that they will use the extraterrestrial um idea that we're not alone in the universe as a such a threat that they think that that might join us together as more of you know, maybe destroying us or making more weapons and stuff. I mean, there's some people who think that, well, if we had a threat from outer space and even Ronald Reagan said this, if we think about it, if we had a threat from outer space, how we would all come together. I'm not sure that would happen nowadays. Yeah. No, it's, it's tough because here's the human race in a nutshell. We let's, let's say war of the worlds is a real thing. The movie war of the worlds. Mm-hmm. We would definitely unite. We would definitely fight because we'd want to survive. That's These are natural survival instincts for us. Like if we can't, as one nation, defeat this, we need all of us. Of course, we're going to unite. But immediately after, the lines will be drawn again. We've seen this in World War II. There was yes. one enemy, a nasty enemy, 
And on one side of this nasty enemy, you had Russia. And on the other side, you had the westernized, you know, Americas and, and, and the UK. And, and we had one goal, stop this evil person. And so we did. And then immediately after that, that evil suppressed, we, we draw lines in the sand again, immediately. <laughs> so it's, it's unfortunate, but that's how we are. I don't know. I, well, I, no, you're very true. You're very correct on that. We, we failed to see what achievements that we accomplished and gain on it. We revert back to our old ways. Why? I don't see because they're, they're certainly not comfortable ways. And, you know, the regular Joe, like you and I are the ones that have to suffer through it. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So for, for the government to, I'm going to be honest, when I first heard about this and everyone's like, they were hyping it up, like, Oh, it's going to happen. It's on, it's on the, uh, it's going to be on the 17th. About, you know what I did, Chris? I went and shot pool. Because <laughs> I knew. Well, if I, I wish stayed, I did because, yeah. like I said, I was sitting there going with my coffee. I go, oh, my God. Well, first of all, people gave out the wrong time and stuff and the wrong channel. Yeah. And they, they changed it. It was supposed to start at 10. It actually, it started at 9. Thank God. I You know, I... I wanted to get a head start and I saw that, oh, wait a minute, this thing's going to be starting at nine and and did it. But, you know, you sit there with a cup of coffee going, OK. And you were just amazed because the the intelligence person goes, oh, we, we categorize them as this and that and this and other. Yeah. And there was no and, and that one person goes, what's another? You know, <laughs> again, this is why I went and shot pool. I said to myself, I will watch this later on YouTube. Not only will I watch it later on YouTube, the whole thing is as, as an entirety, but I'll hear the opinions thereafter. Because uh, there was no way. I, I knew to myself, I knew right away that I, I was going to hear a lot of safe conversation happening. Like the last one. Very safe. Uh, we're playing within the boundaries of, of the narrative, and we're going to say what it is so we don't overstep our boundaries and upset the people well above us, et cetera, et cetera. Not, and then here's the other side, the flip side of the coin. Um, if they know full well about aliens, I hate to say this, but they can't disclose that to the public yet. I, there's still large percentages of this country in organized religion, and I know some of these people personally. I was re- I'm related to some of them, where they believe God made here, there's nothing else. And whatever comes to be is the enemy itself. That's how they think. They they do. And maybe God decided to say, hey, I, you know, I didn't do too well over here. Maybe I'll try over here or let me try something different. Sure. Nobody knows what God's big plan is. You know, just because God created the earth and everything, and I'm not trying to get religious on you, but right. I mean, I am a Christian and I, I am spiritual, but that doesn't, there's nothing that said he didn't make other other things, right. you know, somewhere deep. I mean, if he just said, hey, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm going to just create the human race. Why is the universe so big? Right, exactly. He, you know, he could have made it, you know. Let me, the, let, uh, me, let me put that in perspective. Yeah, I'm going to let me put that in perspective. I'm going to build you a mansion with 10, 10 bedrooms, crazy yeah. amount of square footage for this guy here. Just the one guy. It's senseless. Makes no sense. Yeah. Um. He's, I, I view it as an almighty architect. And if you look at the vastness of the universe, and now we're getting the idea that there's multiple universes in, in bubbles themselves, and the, how many galaxies, how many star systems are out there? An Billions. Ar- an architect at that level, that's that the way we describe this ar- God, of course there's life elsewhere. And it's probably equivalent to our, there's probably a lot of planets way out there 
where they're in their Stone Age or they're in their Bronze Age. They haven't even got to the port. We've only been mm-hmm. using radio for about a hundred something years. That's that's it takes a hundred thousand years for a radio wave to cross the the, the Milky Way. So we haven't, let's say hypothetically, there's, there's, uh, you know, intelligent life that has radios on the other side of the Milky Way. It hasn't gotten there yet, nor is there, tra- if, if we're talking in terms that we kind of evolved at, at a similar level, we're, we haven't heard from one another yet. And if there's an advanced life form watching us, which I believe we're under a study, we're just that we're study. They're not to well, be there just as we do on safaris when we're, when we're studying the big cats and, and, and we're watching things in nature, we're not allowed to get involved at all. Unless we hit him with our car, then we're obligated. But outside of that, you know, and that's Travis Walton. He got, he ran up there. He got injured. They're obligated. We got to fix this guy now. Damn it. He got hit by the beam. Get him. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what it was. It wasn't a, a, you know, it was an abduction, but it wasn't a true abduction. They, they kind of screwed up and said, oh man, you, you know, he he took a a shot there. We got to do something. Exactly what you said. But here's the other thing too. You know, we, we think we're the big boys in the block. The universe they project is 14.5 billion years old. We've only been around, the Earth has only been around for 4.5 billion. Right. Yeah. The Earth's about 4 billion year ish, you know, it's a 4 billion ish year old planet, you know? Right. That's young. Right. So Come. make room for the idea that potentially that there's life out there that they haven't, they're not there yet. There's, again, they're, they're, they're right now on another planet somewhere. There's a, piles of intelligent life with shields and swords going to war over some piece of property that we would find worthless, you know? And you know what? They never mentioned anything and they have mentioned this in DIA documents. You get, you get some of these intelligence documents that they have, they have studied things like wormholes, multidimensional things of that nature. There was nothing about propulsion systems that, you know, hey, we, we have theories on these types of propulsion systems. We need this type of energy or this. I mean, this was like all they said was, hey, yeah, we're going to collect a whole bunch of data. And guess what? We're going to ask the FAA if if they had any sightings and, and get that. Well, who who do you think is John Callahan, for God's right, sake? Right. I mean, he's only the FAA supervisor who blew the whistle on on one of the biggest UFO sightings, he had radar charts and everything. And these guys never approached him and said, hey, wait a minute. You know, here's the FAA and this is what they got. They go, hey, you know, it's, we think it's a good idea. We start talking to commercial pilots about this. You think? Yeah. And, and the scary part is they didn't even yet. They didn't even mention his name ever. Not, not even not. not not in current times, not in previous times. And he. He falls in a realm within a period of time between their 2000 to current time. He was around, you know what I mean? So he, he, the the best thing that got me was the, here's these two guys who probably know nothing about UFOs given this briefing. You're the, you're a Navy intelligence. Don't you think you're smart enough to, Hey, let's bring a pilot in that's seen one of these things. Right. Let's, let's subpoena the Fravor or Underwood or or uh, well, uh, one of these pilots that, that talked about it and let them talk about their experiences and the physical injuries that they've occurred. You know, one of the biggest questions was, well, uh, did we ever shoot at one of these things? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you can't shoot them because they lock you. Fravor would have told them they'd lock our radar down, you know, yeah. I mean, and stuff. So how are you going to shoot at something that's, 
going, uh, you know, 30,000 feet in 0.02 seconds. What are you, you going to shoot at that? You're going to try to lock on to it? Give you, me a break. You know, Don't, here's the thing that kills me about that. There's this room where they're all in. I see not just the void of seats between all of them. I don't know if that's a COVID prevention thing, even if it were. But like you said, why didn't they bring in the pilots and these these paid observers? Where were they at? Why were they not accounted for in this this closure? This th- these people that the guy uh, Gallagher was pressing for questions. Like he seemed pretty genuine that he wanted to know. Why didn't he say, "Well, let me"? Wh- why don't we bring some of the pilots here to speak about this? You know, with us in this. That's a great question. Why were they putting in the hands of the data collectors versus the observers? You have all these military people who've been at nuclear sites that witness things, who've been in launch rooms where things have been shut down. You've had pilots. You have radar operators who have the most sophisticated radar operations who tell you, listen, I'm Kevin Day. They didn't even think about calling in Kevin Day. Right. And, and and some of these people, I mean, you're not just talking the Nimitz, you're talking about all kinds of ships that have seen this. So you would have a whole slew of people in there testifying to it. And they bring in these two guys, which one I, was astonishing because they actually wanted to talk about his science fiction. I saw that science fiction. And ask him if he if he got into a car. Co- Who gives a damn if he got into a Star Trek costume? I could care less. You know, I was thinking, oh wow, this guy is is a science fiction guy. You know, he might give us some great answers. You Holy, know, I, I don't uh, understand the motivation behind him doing that. Was that to discredit the the, the subject? Was that to play I think down it was to make a joke of the subject? I agreed. Like I. It, I I, when it, you're right, when he did ask that, I'm like, are you, uh, is it true you're a, fa- a fan of science fiction? What the hell does that matter? I'm in a position in the U.S. government. You you pay me to give you exact data. You pay me to be forthright. You pay me to have adequate information. Not what does my personal life have to do with it? This is this goes back to like when Bill Clinton cheated on his wife, right? I, I was a kid. Yeah. And you're like, we're gonna kick him out of office. I'm like, he is he doing a great job as a president? Yeah. Because who the fuck cares what he's doing on his personal time? Why does that matter? You know, to me, what I want to see is results and actions. I want to see information right. being for they all they wanted to do is give an hour to say, hey, listen, we were great. Look at us. We gave them the American people all this information. They gave us nothing. Yeah, it was a real letdown. I, I you know, I hate to say it, but there's been some movies you probably got more information shooting pool than you did watching that. Honestly, yeah, I, I you know I I went there to, to run some drills to get re, you know get familiar again with it because I haven't been doing it full time like I used to. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I felt uh, like I gained more from that than watching this. Yeah, it, it, I mean, most of the people I talked to, the the only thing good that came out of it is that the actual Congress talked about UAPs. Right. They didn't say anything about them but they actually said hey we're t- we're taking this subject semi-seriously and that was the o- other than that it, w- it was flushed down the toilet so fast it was unbelievable yeah you know another thing too i didn't hear any of them ask the question what is your opinion on this as a trained professional for our government what was your opinion on what, what do you think these are Mm-hmm. I, and I get why they don't do that because, look, you, we're we're here today to gather the facts and speak to the to the facts and speak about the data. But 
it would be comforting for the United. Like, here's the thing with me. Here, it's big for me. For a leader of this country, people not represent our government. Three letter acronyms. I want to see a human up there. I want to hear an opinion formed, and they could say, "Look, this is just my opinion. I don't know for certain, but this is what I think." And I think you'd find people to think they're relatable. They would. They would probably trust them more. But when you come off very robotic and you speak within a narrative, and I could almost tell you. They were prepared for the questions they were given. I didn't oh, see sweat oh, on anyone's absolutely. brow. Yeah, they, you didn't see nerves on anyone's face, right? Other than, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a closed session. Okay. Everybody is scared to say the word extraterrestrial. Everybody, they, the question was, wasn't asked except for one guy who turned around and mentioned extraterrestrial. Right. Those people, not one of the intelligence people turned around and said, you know, there always is the possibility. We don't know, and that's fair to say. We don't know, but it could be people from other planets, but it never is brought up by the... And if you want to get information, what the government knows about this, what the, what Congress should know about it, the first person they'd be calling in is Lou Alessandro. Yeah. Hey, Lou, what do you know about this? What What can you tell us? And in your professional opinion, okay, what do you think it is? Yeah, you know what? They didn't mention his name once. Not not, not even once. in a lot. Did they? Did they mention the last one? I don't think they did. I, I I don't think they did at all. I don't think they they did. I will tell you that after about twenty minutes, I kind of said, "Oh my God, what's on the other channel?" Because you know this is just ridiculous. The one thing that did intrigue me, though was like I say, they they were very apprehensive to talk about anything around the water. Yeah. They they wanted they shut that down so fast that you know when you see things like that, your detective mind goes, oh wait a minute, there's something there that they they don't want to touch or put out in the public. Yeah, they asked about he asked them, do we have any sensors or new equipment to perhaps detect these things? below underwater or do you uh, he said uap and uh, yeah. he understood the right terms for it but they did shut that down uh they said we'll speak about that in a closed session which means which tells me that we have a military defense project taking place underwater that we don't want anyone to know about which fair enough uh i get it we have adversaries we don't want to know what we're up to but they can say we are considering this the, the potential for them to be under is there's potential. We're already admitting that they're in the air. Why not admit they're below the surface? I mean, there's no harm in that. None whatsoever. And and you brought it up too. The the thing that was seen through the night goggles where they say, well, the night goggles, the way it works, that that would show as a triangle. Okay, so the follow up question will be: Well, you must have had a radar system on board that ship. You must have had all kinds of of. Uh, sensors and everything what did they show what were the actions of that that would lead you to believe that that may be a a drone first of all if a drone was that close to a military ship i would think for one thing i mean they might not shoot it out of the sky but they would damn sure know what it is and if they don't that's a pretty scary thought that our military couldn't distinguish what a drone is in the air yeah i gotta tell you man that bothered me to my core if you're on a navy ship and there is the potential of a threat coming from the air land or sea and you're telling me that there is a scope on there that oh there's some artifact and they can't get a clear picture why the hell are they using it on a on a military ship? 
in the first place. Now, the other thing is, too, most carrier groups or task force groups usually have planes in the air. And you would think, because they, they fly what they call combat air uh, patrols. Right. And those are those are highly confidential you know, places. But you could send a sortie out and say, hey, listen, we got a bogey up here. You know, send a couple of F-18 Hornets and see what the hell this thing is. Because if you don't know what it is, why isn't that considered a threat? You know what I noticed is that um, when he asked him, did you put your own drones up there to compare to compare this data? And he under like his tone went down. Did you notice like his octave yeah. went down? He's like, yeah, well, you know, we did. And and the answer to that was he didn't give an answer. No. <laughs> well, we did. And there's some data. And and what was what, what was the conclusion? What were the results? Is it identical? Is it the same thing that you saw? I mean, come on, man. It's not so hard to give a direct answer, you know? Now, I will tell you, I've used night vision goggles before, and I will tell you that the night vision goggles I use are nothing as sophisticated as the military, and they've never distorted what I was seeing. I mean, it might be a little fuzzy, right? but it didn't distort the actual figure that I was seeing. So that was very bizarre. It says the night vision goggles, uh, the way it reflects with the light makes everything look like a triangle. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. I, that blew my mind because here's a, in my mind. And I, like, so when you look at stars with very sophisticated NASA equipment with even uh, expensive home equipment, you'll see like six points on it. It will never look like a triangle. I've never seen anything have, there's never been artifact, not in radiology, not with, uh, with any other cameras that I've seen anyway. I mean, look, I'm not an expert, but when I saw the triangles, I saw the way they were, they were pulsing. And there was one that was in that image that was lit. There was another one image that was like pulsing. They were very, no doubt, triangular. And then he's trying to tell me or trying to tell the public that because of the the light and where it was placed on it, perhaps, and and there's some artifact there that it distorted it to look like a triangle. Where the hell does that occur? Why? And if that's the case, why didn't no one else? I I, I just, I don't know. Adam, I got to laugh because we are supposed to have such sophisticated equipment that we can see a dime. Right. From outer space. We could read license plates from outer space. And these guys are saying, well, you know, this equipment kind of distorts everything you see. Right. And here's what I know about our military. This is a fact. If there's something up there, drone, commercial or otherwise, in the airspace or in and around a military ship, it's not, hey, get John to get the uh, the night vision goggles, check it out. No. no. They're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna find out what that is, whether it be use satellites, they're gonna they're gonna scramble jets, something's gonna happen where we find out what that is. So yeah. perhaps that exists and they don't want to talk about it. Or perhaps they know what it is. They don't want to talk about it. But in any case, they played that down. And I watched this guy who sat there, uh, the, uh, Scott Bray, uh, downplay it, like almost debunk, but not debunk. Like he was, it's really weird to say this. He was affirming the existence while downplaying what they are. So he was essentially saying it's real, but I'm debunking it at the same time. He, it was too safe. It was really it, safe what he did. I agree with you. I, I think that all they were doing is watering down everything so the public could, could uh, you know, understand it, right. uh, but take it with, you know, a, a, a whole lot of salt with it because this way they don't panic, you know, and – I honestly believe that's how they want to do disclosure because of the Condon report. You know, they 
were in fear that people would just go crazy and stuff like they don't have much faith in in regular people like you and I. To be no, they don't. I mean, to be fair, you know it. I know it. I grew up being Catholic. I have a lot of you know born again Christians in my family and in my circle of people. It's not the way I think. Um, I don't know. I look at God as like again an architect. I think we I think we perceive heaven and hell all wrong. Might be dimensional, right? Could be mm-hmm. could be beings that w- the only way we could explain them away is them being angels and demons. But so I, that all being said, there's still a lot of people. Like again, if aliens came down tomorrow and we're on the news, like look, we're here and we bring peace. There's still people like that's the devil. That is that is the enemy. No well, doubt. <laughs> even people in the Pentagon, Adam, still still believe that aliens are are demons. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, they, I, they will not give the thought that there's life on other planets. And they it, actually refuse to open their minds up to say, hey, we're maybe we're not the only creation in the, in this vast, wonderful universe that there may be, you know, uh, other civilizations, other species out there that we can learn from and, you know, get ourselves in a position where we can work with them to make our lives actually better. Yeah, you you know, to to that point, I'd spoken with an archbishop on the show, right? I'd -hmm. spoken with a lot of, like, people, the cloth, and a lot of other, you know, off-podcasts as well. And I keep coming to the same answers from them. They're more willing to accept the idea that the what's visiting us is us from the future for whatever reason. Not that it's a bad theory, right? It's really not. Actually, but, it's not. Yeah, it's really not a bad theory because that's that sounds like something I would do. Like, let's go revisit the past. Let's you know, nostalgic reasons or for study reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And then you know, we could invent these little things that look like this that he would never guess it to be us. But the point I make is that seems to be the only thing they're subscribing to. They're not making room for the idea that there is life elsewhere. And I think here, the very near future, more sooner than we think. Uh, one of these moons in our our own solar system, and now we have this other star system that we found that's only 40 light years away, which is about 60 years humanity time at current wave travel. That's a habitable planet. Right. So very much a habitable And so planet. what's going to happen when we find just bacteria or a plant or a bug? It's going to throw a wrench in everything we believe. History books will be changed. The Bible will be reexamined. <laughs> We have to, and but these aren't bad things, Chris. It's called evolving the way we think, the way I, we are. I think, you, I, I think the human race has to evolve, and and I think we need to grow up. And if we grow up, become because we're. If you look at us, you know, and look at the technology that is advancing, we're really, really primitive. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, not so far away from me, there was just the Buffalo mass shooting. I lived yeah. there. And so, I mean, you think about how could one human being do that to another? Right. I mean, the war in Ukraine, as you say, the starvation that's going on, everything else that's going on, you know, we we are still a primitive species. We like to think of ourselves as highly advanced, highly think, but we're not. Right. I agree. You know, I mean, that thing in Buffalo is a tragedy. It's And it's racially motivated by you know, white supremacists. And if you people, for those of you out there, like, the government should tell us everything. Well, people like that exist. And listen, that guy hates people of color. Imagine how they would react to another life. To an alien. Forget it. Imagine there'd be people out there saying, we got to get rid. You know, there was an Israeli um, scientist 
who said they're walking among us. Bigelow has said they're walking among us. Right. Other um, scientists and, and very scholarly people have said aliens are walking among us. Can you imagine if we do this to ourselves, what other people will do and say, well, we're going to hunt these aliens down. Yeah. I think you, you could be an alien the way you're acting. You could be an alien. So, you know, we're just going to shoot you. It's like the back, the, the Salem witch hunt. Same thing, you know, like, well, let, let's find out you're not a witch. We're going to strap these big pieces of rock to your legs and throw you in, in the lake. And if you come out, you're a witch. And if you die, you're a person and you're going to go to heaven. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And and that's why I say the human race is still a primitive species. We need to grow up and we need to look at each other as all one person and be able to 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 do that in order for us to be accepted, you know, by other species. I really think that they're saying we're not ready yet. I mean, I, I've talked to other scientists and said who said, Well, why haven't we had disclosure? And one of the reasons is we're not ready. I, I, I side on the same side as him with that. You know, and so I, I tell you why, Chris, as said, not just a racist, like for a species to come observe us travel, whether it be dimensionally or the vastness of the space, they did it as a species, right? They didn't do it with the ideas of being an individual because you can't accomplish great things that way. You have to behave no. like a species. You, resources mm -hmm. and, and science behind it and everything you're doing, you have to do it together. Humanity, we're not going to be able to to do great, wonderful things and, and be interplanetary if we behave as individuals and individual races and religions. Like I said this before, if Elon Musk goes to Mars and he starts terraforming, the application to Mars to work there or live there, you're not going to see the boxes, race, religion. That's not going to exist on that. No, no, no titles. They don't give a shit about that. What can you contribute to our species on this planet? Not your title, not, not your, I don't care what your sex is. I don't care what your preferences in life are. I don't care what your race is. What do we do here as humans to terraform this planet for us to be, to live on? That's all they're going to care about. You know, if I was those two men in that conference room, I would have had much more respect for them. If, if Scott, Scott turned around and went, Hey, you know what guys, we're not ready to give you the full facts. We'll give it to you in a closed briefing, but the American people are not ready to, to really hear what's going on. And we have to give this information out in a certain very restricted way. So this way we don't do harm to our country or other countries or other people. Yeah. I could have had a lot more respect to hear that. Now people don't agree with me on that. Because it's all oh, we have a right to know. Yeah, yeah, you do have a right to know. But the problem is the information that they're going to give you is going to put us on a course that can actually hurt people. And that you don't have a right to do. Yeah, agreed. Like, listen, you have a right to know, but are you capable of handling it? You know what I mean? Exactly. That's a whole different thing. You know, what you said, you could respect them for doing that. I could see why they didn't because look how many people were. A million people are going to march on Area 51. I'm like, lots of million people dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, you, you know, I was asked that question. What do you think about Area 51? And do you think that these people are going to see an alien? And I just kind of laugh and I said, no. Yeah. I said, first of all, why do you think they call it Area 51? Why do you think it's out in the middle of the desert? Because nobody's going to get to any place that's secluded or secret. I mean, right. there's minefields all around the place. They got security guards. They got more guns and ammo than you could think of. You, you know, these guys, 
they, they might get maybe 50 yards at the most before they get unleashed with tear gas and tasers and everything else under the sun. They're not going to get to S4 right. or any other place. Not to mention, Area 51 is now a great ploy. It's a great decoy now. The best there is. More than mm-hmm. likely, our government has an island somewhere or another isolated area where they're performing whatever tests. Or if they we were retro-engineering intelligent uh, craft from elsewhere, we're not doing it there. That place is our best decoy by a mile. Now, I, trust me when I say this. I guarantee that every so often over at Area 51, they're flying something around to catch the attention of all the hunters because that's how to keep the eyes looking that way versus where they don't want them. You know, I have a friend who's a special agent, great guy, retired, and we were talking about fishing. And I, I fished at this lake at Lake Geneva, and I was f- fish all the time there. And, you know, since I was a young child, my parents would do it. And we were talking, and he goes, oh, yeah, you ever seen that uh, underwater uh, naval base? I go, what? Damn. Yeah, there, there's an underwater naval base there. They they do uh, some kind of research and stuff. He says, you get too close of it, there's armed guards that are around that place. I says, I've been up and down that lake. I've never seen such a thing. Oh, no, it's a, it's a small little platform, but everything's underwater. I'm like, oh. Yeah, you're right. There's all kinds of other places like Area 51 that they have right out in plain view that are secret. Yeah. I mean, there's there's places over on the on the other coast of Florida, off the coast, um, where I, I believe they do training for, you know, uh, what is it? The, uh, not the, uh, what am I thinking? The Coast Guard. Yeah. And so not far from there is another base that I, I've ever seen these places. So there's Coast Guard stations here where I live in the Tampa Bay area. And you can't enter as a civilian. It's not, you know, it's not possible. And who's to say what's out in the water? We can't see out in the water. It's a perfect place to have experiments. And rightfully so, we should definitely have programs for that. You know, the ocean, it's still the beast we haven't tamed. Still, we, we've mastered the air for the most part. No, not according to our, our observers. But for the most part, as humans, we did a fine job of mastering the air. We just we don't have a good stronghold on on the water, and I'm sure any observe any observer from anywhere would recognize that. Of course, it'd be a great. You know, place Adam, to start. don't be surprised if we find a whole different civilization under that water. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it's it's vast, it's enormous. We, and then top it off, I watch a lot of documentaries, and they speculate on the idea in some of them that even below the 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 ocean's floor that there's these caverns down there that are hollowed out and mm-hmm. they could have heat in them and they'd have their own kind of atmosphere. And there's, there's probably life that lives there too. You know, we, we've sent so much up into space to try to conquer space and stuff, but we haven't even touched our own planet on terra firma. You know what I mean? Right. We haven't touched water oceans. We haven't touched Antarctica. We haven't touched any of those places yet and find out what the wonders of all these places are. I'm thoroughly convinced that there has been more, more advanced civilizations on this earth that are human. Oh, they just have died out. Right. I think that we're just recycled because as archaeology digs go, we find out more and more stuff. I mean, look at some of the places we find and go, oh, my God, this is before the Sumerians. How did we move these stones? How did we do this stuff? Look at the fine artwork on this stuff. Who were these people? Right. So I think the human race 
has recycled several times on this planet. And, you know, some maybe some of these civilizations have burned themselves out, destroyed themselves, viruses, whatever. I, you know, we don't know, but we need to start looking at our own planet and fixing that and working on that and to to make the human life a better place than what we do now. This is very sad. I still have not had one person uh, give me a rational explanation to the pyramids. How did they build that? These are stones. I mean, each stone themselves. I I don't even think we have the machinery today to lift one of those stones. Absolutely not. And and one of the theories that they they came up with – because I, I was talking to, to us. Oh, no, we had logs and we rolled them on logs. And I That's went, really? Okay. Are you joking? <laughs> I, I mean, do you really want to? And I, I, I mean, I was a little sarcastic. I shouldn't have been. But I went, do you really think that they took those stones that what are 500 tons plus and moved them on a log? No way. Imagine the manpower and everything to even try to do one of those. So here's an idea. Again, back to what we're saying, this is a four billion years old planet. There's a show I watched uh, after mankind. You know, what I'm talking about where it shows how long it would take before you, the 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 existence of mankind would be wiped away from history, and it was something like some a few million years or something like that, right? Like you wouldn't even be mm-hmm. able to see our buildings. None of that shit would matter. The Earth would retake everything. Now, imagine a civilization that existed a billion years ago on this planet, a bi- four billion year old planet, a billion years yeah. ago. You know. One fourth of the age of it, there'd be no trace of it, and the, I think the only thing that would res, remain behind would be stone structures, because uh, the, the metal itself would corrode, it would become dust. I, I really personally think that the uh, I think that the pyramids, myself, my own belief anyway, that they're much, much older than what we think. I think sophisticated machinery put it together, and that species, as you said, died out, probably disease, probably war, whatever it may be. And after over the course of millions of years, machinery all it's gone. It's in, it's in the dust. And then to, to put on a I don't know a few million years of dirt over top, I, I don't know. Like the dinosaur bones, because of how big they are, I think that was the 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 you know why we found them. But if you were to get like hum, human bones from like a billion years ago, we wouldn't find that. It'd be dust. No metal no. dust. All of it be dust. Yeah, and but we're finding different things that makes us every year we find different things that says, hey, wait a minute, the human race has to go back another 10,000 years, another 15,000 years. Constantly, we're finding now, you know, we can't say anywhere definitively, yeah, the human, the actual human race started at this point in time in there. Because I agree with you. I honestly think that we've recycled ourselves several times on this planet. Has to be. I mean, yeah, we don't learn as a species. Like again, we still have more no. over nonsensical reasons. It's crazy. And you know what? They they were very smart because look at them. Even I mean, let's let's jump in the middle. Let's talk about like the Sumerians. They started language their language. We thought, oh, this is primitive language. Not the Sumerians. Does that to to us maybe we think that's primitive, right? Because we don't, you know, some nobody from Samaria at that period of time said, "Hey, no, wait a minute, this is the way it is." But if you look at the way the pyramids are structured, you look at the way certain uh, places are built. 
they all have a certain purpose. And it's not just because, oh, well, we're going to build a, a pyramid uh, just because we got to want a place in the middle of the desert. They line up with certain things. Right. They do certain things at certain times of the year. Right. And, you know, because for us, we call their language primitive because they don't have the amount of letters in the alphabet. Imagine being so intelligent that you need fewer words for a greater knowing. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at the language we have right now at this period of time. We think, oh, well, we're, we're so advanced because we've got English. Right. But, you know, my wife is a linguistic. She, she speaks six different languages, studies them. And she says, you know, there's so many different ways to say this in this particular language. There's so many ways to say this particular thing in this language. And you have to, you know, certain languages are actually more advanced or more difficult to learn uh, as opposed to English and stuff. There's right. there's more to it. Well, who knows what the Sumerians were, were thinking at that time? Maybe their language is so advanced, advanced that they didn't need Right. You know, as many letters as we do. Exactly. Like I said, fewer, fewer words, better knowing. Like you, there is a, what is it? Like, uh, it was a cartoon I watched as a kid. Uh, the Smurfs. That, yeah. that Smurf word meant a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. so, and they were so, so again, you're communicating with someone, you're using fewer words, but you just understand it's a knowing. Like that's uh, the idea of like the, the, the Neuralink and so many other things that we're going to come up with. They're going to have chips in your brain and you won't even have to communicate with words. You'll just know. And I think that's our observers. To, like we confuse their telepathy with I, what I think is sophisticated technology, where they could, and they're like, well, then how can they speak with us telepathically? Well, look at the human brain, complex computer, mo the most complex on the planet. They could send met there, there's receptors in the human brain. We know this. This is like, science is yeah. working on this, right? They could tap into oh, your absolutely. brain. You're, you're they're tapping into your hardware with their software communicating with you at that level. It's not supernatural. It's sophisticated. Just like psychics are utilizing parts of the brain other people can't utilize. It's not supernatural. It's sophisticated. They're more advanced in one area. And that's what we really believe that alien uh, telepathy is all about, is frequencies. Right. And they're able to send a message by frequency to one brain to another. Agreed. It's a knowing. So then you go to Sumerians. Very few words, a lot more knowing. And then you look at a tablet where they know they, they map out the, the star system here remarkably yeah. long. Be we didn't even know about Neptune till Neptune was like this mystery for a long time, a real long time. And then here it is, this tablet that predates anything we know as, as science. And it's, and it has it all there perfectly too in order. Like, so yeah. you can't tell me that they, I don't know, guess that they, especially if you're saying that they lacked the technology to view and observe these planets, who knows? What we communicated don't with them? Know their tech, what technology? Ex they exactly, because through the course of time, it's it's evaporated, it's gone. Sands of time. Now, look at look at what we've discovered as far as drawings and writings on the wall and and things. We have seen pictures of helicopters, submarines, different objects on there that date back thousands of years. Yeah. Now, where would you get the idea? I mean, a helicopter, and that, to me, I mean, I could say, okay, well, maybe they looked at this and they thought this, but this it's so distinct, the shape of the helicopter, that when they put it on the wall, you can only interpret this as a helicopter. There's no other d interpretation that you can you can go. I, I dare anybody right. to, to tell me 
you know, that's not a helicopter. And, and an Apache nonetheless, right? That's what I look at. I see the, Apa- the Apache helicopter, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. What I'm saying is, I for me, when I first saw that, I was like, well, it's because I know what an Apache helicopter looks like, and that just happens to look a lot like it. And then after examining it for several months, I'm like, well, what the hell would that mean? And why is it not exhibited anywhere else in their, in their texture? Just there, that one. And which makes me think that like us, like humans right now, with an advanced technology, like the, the few humans who have the advancement in their brain, that, that, that better software to be psychic and make have premonitions or be clairvoyant, whatever it may be, maybe they had the same. And they, they depicted these, these futuristic things that we use and they wrote it down because you don't see that repeated very often in e- Egyptology. No. Yeah. I don't see it very often. No. And, and the thing that we need to start studying now is frequencies. Frequencies are going to be the, the big word in 2022, 2023, because I think you're going to see communications done, brain manipulations done, things of that nature on the course of frequencies, because there's certain frequencies that can hurt us. And that's why some people who've been abducted come back with uh, physical injuries. Right. They've actually had problems with, you know, shown on MRIs and everything. And I think it's not because they tend to hurt us. I think that they're trying to communicate with us and our brains are not some, not everybody, but you know, people are not, advanced enough their brains are not advanced enough right they're not they're not they, they lack the software we have the same hardware we, we like the software correct and we these frequencies actually would hurt us and it's that's a proven theory that's a proven thing that certain frequencies in the 300 kilo kilohertz range can actually do uh effects on cells well, yeah. and, and brains so th- that is not you know a hypothesis that's a proven fact well, yeah, we don't like. There's a show I used to watch. I reference it often called Future Weapons, and they were talking mm-hmm. about utilizing like not just sound waves, but frequencies to actually incapacitate or be fatal. Like, yeah. truth be told, there are people that went to concerts back in the '90s where we didn't have an, a strong idea of how much wattage and, and speakers he used, and people were getting brain injuries and deaf and and, and vision issues, right? And I, I, and if you, for me, I have sinus problems, so if I hear a frequency or they play a certain bass tone or, or pitch, it's going to affect me negatively because of a sinus problem. Now imagine someone who's in tune with that software. They're going to be very sensitive to it. I've spoken about this with Stephen Murr a lot on this show about um, one in general. We spoke about, we, we titled it, I think frequencies and we, I think, and he thinks that spirits, ghosts, poltergeists, God, and, and even extraterrestrials, it's how do you perceive something outside of their frequency? Well, you can't. They operate on a different frequency. You'd have to match their frequency to be able to perceive them. Oh, absolutely. And the, the, what's frightening to me, Adam, is that once again, we, we talk about these frequencies. I watched a video of a, of a scientist who made like a helmet and put it on a person. And it was like playing a video game, like you had a, a a ship or a car or anything else made that person move the way they wanted them to move. If you wanted to go right, and but this person wanted you to go left, all he had to do is hit his drone stick and literally force the person to go that way. Yeah. 
and it's all done by frequencies. Well, our, so, our yeah, our entire body works on. I mean, I think people don't understand. It's like my muscles make me do it, dude. No, it's it's neurons in your brain firing transmissions, and and, and that data is being transferred to your limbs for your body to operate. That's mm-hmm. why, again, most sophisticated computer. You know, there's not another robot on this planet made by man where it could have that kind of reaction time yet. Anyway, not yet. We're getting there, but not yet. The brain. So right now, I want to touch a computer. It was instant, very instant, or instantaneously did it. That that's how fast that the the neurons of my brain fire through the nerves and all the, the cords of my body to transmit that information to my hand to not only touch it but feel it. So there there was a response to it. So to what you're saying, it makes prime sense. Frequencies and anything to do with perception and anything to do with your five senses that all comes from that stems from someplace, right? Well, you got to remember one thing. Eric Davis said that things work on consciousness. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, person's name. It eludes me right now. He used to be ahead of the Lockheed Martin Skunk, Skunk Works that said that we have the ability to take E.T. home. Lear, you mean? Uh, no, no, it wasn't Lear. It was, he was. The oh, head. I remember. I know. I, you know what? I can't think of his name either. I did see I, that phrase. I do remember yeah. seeing his face and him saying that now. But he also talked about consciousness. And Eric Davis has talked about consciousness. Well, consciousness works on frequencies. And you, and that is going to be the big two, putting those two things together is um, consciousness with frequencies and what the human body or what we can do at certain frequency levels. Right. You know, you know, I've spoken to Roberta Grimes about the afterlife and so far what I'm, what I'm finding Chris is that everyone that speaks about paranormal uh, ufologies, religion and science, like modern science, they all have something to do with vibration and frequency. Every bit of it. Uh, remarkable things happen when you play 432 hertz or other different hertz. If you put sand on a metal table and and run those those frequencies through that table, the formations, the the perfect geometrical shapes that start to appear there, it's 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 mind blowing. That lets you know the strength of that. Now, utilizing frequencies for perception and and communication, the the sky's the limit. And that's the idea behind Neuralink. Neuralink and other products like it are going to allow you to have that in your head. You could combine your consciousness with your subconsciousness. Imagine that kind of knowing. Imagine having full control over your brain and the capacity. can It's limitless. It's a scary thought and a great thought at the same time. Yeah, if it's used the right way, it could be a fantastic. Can you imagine if we were able to work on people with spinal injuries and stuff and sure. be able to change frequencies that way where they can walk or be able to, to have movement again and things of that nature. Right. We're on the cusp of being able to do that as long as we use it for the good of humanity and not, you know, create another weapon out of it, which we've already done. I mean, obviously that, that is, but that that's the one thing that just amazes me, whether we reverse engineer alien technology came up on our own we always keep it locked up in dark projects and we need to start. And that's one thing the American people in Congress should start talking about what these things that you have had, you, you know, they always say we're a hundred years more advanced of what we know. Right. Right. Okay. So if we're a hundred years advanced of what we see, 
Why don't we say, hey, we're going to take 20 years advance or 30 years advance and give it to the American people? Because this is stuff that you've probably thrown away already. Right. And so why have it locked up? Put it out commercially where people can have, you know, zero point energy or have a way to be able to communicate better or do things better. And it's taken people like Elon Musk. And because there's people just as bright as Elon Musk that work for the government. Yeah. I mean, he's a brilliant man. There's no question about that. And but I mean, there's all kinds of scientists that are locked up on on dark projects that if you say, hey, you know what, let's take some of this stuff that we're working on and try to try to put it out there for the betterment of humanity. And, and and that's one thing that very disappoints me. Yeah, it's fear. I'll tell you why it's fear because we the, with the, at the advent of of um, the internet, and then it became a home thing. Immediately when the internet became more accessible to everyone in our small computers in our pocket, our enemies already found a way to spread propaganda, hack, cause problems. Sure. So I, I could see that playing a role. But I agree with you. If you have something in storage somewhere that could better he- the 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 life quality of a person release it because look what's going on now right after COVID not and COVID's not even totally done right after COVID right here where I live in Florida I'm seeing rent prices triple I'm seeing food prices because of a, a war across the globe go outrageous gas prices like this is on the back of a, a pandemic where people are not fully recovered so it makes me question our government right like you're telling me that here in Florida, because there's an influx of people from other states, because here in Florida, we have that, well, we don't give a shit attitude. Do what you want here. So here, don't worry about COVID. Run wild. Who cares? And, you know, and it's appreciated. But now we have a great, a huge amount of people coming this way. And the people who live here are getting punished. They're raising the prices on everything. So, oh, it's supply and demand. We're going to turn a, a buck on this. And the government stands by, does nothing. They're not saying there's still people in that very state that are struggling. They're barely getting by and you're raising prices to you, see. You to, know, it's crazy. Adam, I will tell you, I, I truly believe the United States is probably the greatest country. Oh, in the by world. no and, doubt. Yeah. And we, we do so many things, but when I got to go out at 10 o'clock at night with my wife and search pharmacy to pharmacy to get baby formula for my daughter and her yeah. husband, because, I mean, they're working, to, they're both nurses and they don't have any time off because they're working almost double shifts all the time because there's a lack of nurses. And they said, Mom, Dad, could you do me a favor? Please try to find formula for our, for your grandbaby. And, you know, which we did. But I mean, I mean, how absurd is, is that when you, you know, you're living in the greatest country in the world that could solve this problem. I Almost immediately. Yeah. I Look, this isn't like the hearing about this war causing food price to drop to go up. Try to understand that America's like, I think we're like number three in the world for, for supply of food. Brazil's like number yeah. two. Russia's not even in the top 10. So I'm not sure how this is happening. And again, not to beat the, the dead horse, but the, the price on rent in Florida. I know I have friends of mine that are, they're screwed. Like they're, they're one day they're paying 900 something dollars for their rent. And then the next day, they're ter- well, hey, your lease is coming up, and, and now rent's fifteen hundred. And this guy's like, "Well, I was barely making it now." And this is on the back of a pandemic. So, when I say, and again, this is the greatest country in the world, no question about it. Here, we can do what we're doing right now. We're forming opinions. 
if you had a podcast in, say, Russia that formed these very same opinions, those people would be dead, dead, not even a thought. They'd, oh, be, they'd, they'd be erased, podcast done. But the point I make is... They're doing it now. They're imprisoning people. If you, yeah. if you and I were talk right now and we were doing this in Russia... I'd be dragged out of the house already. I'd be shot dead a long time ago. Episode yeah. two, over. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we we have to realize there's a lot of things that are beneficial to us. But here in New York, prices have gone insane. Food has gone insane. Yeah. Gas prices. My wife said she was so happy today. She says, Chris, I actually was able to get gas for $4.38. I had to shop around the places. But I go... That's I went to where I says that's a killing. She, oh my God, Chris, you can't believe that that that's wonderful sales price for right now, and which it is because it's gas up here is almost five bucks a gallon. It's insane, you know. And again, here's another big thing too. Um, and when I say what I say about the rent here in Florida, I, I say this because I hope that people people of power that live here recognize what's going on. Look at it. There, look at the apartments here where they're, where they're yesterday were 900, but because we have all these people from California, New York, guess what? It's 1500, 1800. I'm seeing stuff for 3000 a month that are near the beach, not on the beach, not, not on the water, near it. Crazy price. So all I ask at that point is recognize what's going on and maybe get the tension levels down on people. People are going to lose their shit soon. If they get, I'll the- tell you how it's going to get worse. And this is happening in Florida right now. Corporations are buying whole blocks of houses. Yep. They're buying them at insane prices. Corporations are. And they're buying them up, and you will never be able to buy that house again. The only thing you're going to be able to do is is pay rent to a corporation. Yep. You want to live in this type of neighborhood? You want to live in this neighborhood? You got to pay rent. You're not going to be able to buy a house. Yeah, real fast, real quick, we're losing that we to people, right? We're losing that. Exactly. Scary, you know. And you know, this again with the, the fuel prices, like your wife shopping around. Do you know when I was a kid, a teacher? I'm not going to say his name, so I'm embarrassed. We're not embarrassed, but just put him out there like that. But he predicted by time I was at the age I am now, in, in my 40s, that we would be on purely electric cars, or we're not using. In other words, fossil fuel will not be used by now. That was his prediction way back when. That's middle school till now, my 40s. And I believe that shit. And when you get older and you start seeing the deterioration of society based on prices, let's be honest, a lot of the tensions we're seeing across America stem from people just not being in good positions in life. They're, they're having mental fatigue, if you would. Not, not excusing everyone, but it doesn't help when there's no, like, there's no hope for someone. If, if you present someone with a hopeless uh, road ahead of them, they're not going to be, they're not going to act very well. They're not going to be a no. good person. Just like if you told a bunch of God fearing Christians that, Hey, aliens are real. And you're not the only thing out there. There, some of those people can't handle it. They're going to snap. Right. Cause they're like, well, yes. you're telling me I didn't kill the neighbor. Cause he pissed me off because I was a fear of like stupid shit like that. Like if you need literature to tell, to convince you not to kill someone, perhaps you shouldn't be around. You're a danger. You're a threat to society. You shouldn't have the fear of, of words make you not want to harm another human. That's a problem, you know? So, Especially, can you imagine if they, you started thinking that these people aren't human? 
Oh, forget they, it. They get, get that. I mean, then it's even more dangerous when people start thinking, oh, my God, maybe these people are hybrids or because I've heard, you know, the they're hybrids without the U.S. government coming out and explaining. And that's the one thing the U.S. government has to do is come out and say, listen, we're going to just be straightforward. There are certain things we're going to tell you about this, certain things we're not going to tell you at this moment. We will tell you more down the road. Yep. But don't give us a, a, a bull bullcrap story, you know, like they did the other day and, and make a make us believe, oh, my God, these guys are working on this. Come yeah, on, that's, yeah, that's disappointing. Just like some of the movies I've watched of recently, I was disappointed. I had higher expectations, you know. Um, it's like uh, it's all right. The food crisis. Let's 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 start with that. The homeless, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people have nothing to eat. They're homeless, and then <laughs> I look at the numbers of homeless in our country, which are in the you know seven hundred thousand. Some say a million. I don't know, but what I can tell you is what outnumbers the homeless are wild boar at seven or eight million in our country that are literally destroying the ecosystem. I, yeah, I, but you can't touch them though. It's but that's a, isn't that the craziest thing you've ever heard? <laughs> it, it's it, you know certain places you're allowed to go out and shoot them and capture them or whatever, right? But then there's certain places where uh, you you can't touch it, and you know, and that's just it. But the, if you say we're going to have another big food crisis because once again corporations are buying all the farmland. You know, you used to get great prices and great stuff when farmland was owned by farmers right you know they they were pride they took pride in their their crops they took pride in what they were doing you know they they were the foundation of american life these farmers you you couldn't thank them enough for their hard work and everything they do now corporations are and say they're saying well we don't care what we put in the foods we don't care how we make them we just want to get them out there as much as we can as quick as we can, as dangerous as we can, you know, to the market. Yeah. You know what it is, Chris, right? Because corporations recognize something that most people don't recognize. Um, you know, let's use a post-apocalyptic world scenario. Gold is useless in that scenario. Silver is yeah. useless there. Paper money is beyond useless. So you can't, it's good enough to charm the fire, right? Yeah. What will be the currency of a post-apocalyptic world will be water, food, and ammunition, period. Yep. And corporations, they're not stupid. They're like, well, here's some housing. We'll own all of that. Let's buy all the farmlands. We'll own all of that. Let's make sure we keep ammunition stockpile. We'll have stock in that. They know exactly what currency is going to be in dire situations. They're not. That's what makes them big corporations. They've, they've thought this process through. When these people are done shoving their... Their 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 money that is tradable by gold, and if anything ever goes wrong, we have the other commodity that they need. It's food, ammunition, and water. And when we you own know, that, you hit it right on the head, Adam. Because I I had a discussion with a friend of mine, fantastic guy. He says, Chris, you know, I buy gold every other month and stuff. Gold, really? Why Why <laughs> do you do that? He says because things go right down. That stuff. I got something to bargain with. I go, okay, listen. What can you eat gold? Right. <laughs> can you shoot anything with gold? Well, I mean, if I got, you know, a bushel of tomatoes and I need something like seeds or something, gold is not going to help me. Nope. And a, like you say, in a post-apocalyptic world, what good is gold? It's worthless. You know, you're going to want ammunition. Like you said, you're going to want, you know, 
seeds. You're going to want stuff that you can barter with. You know, you forget about even pulling out a $10 bill. They're going to laugh at you. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was talking to a friend of mine about it, too. I was like, he's like, because he asked me, because if that's the case, what made gold valuable? So I can tell you what happened. Many thousands of years ago, some guy was digging somewhere, found this thing, and someone else like, that's beautiful. What is that? And the guy's like, the gods gave it to me. <laughs> and if you want some of it, I need some of your farm stuff, and I'll give you a piece of the god. Long story short, here's this guy collecting all this gold that the gods gave, and he convinced an entire civilization that he was chosen by the gods. They call him Pharaoh, and all of a sudden, gold has value. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, And we still I, use it today. <laughs> I know, I know, but... Like I say, you, you, I don't, I just don't think, like, I agree with you. I don't think gold is, is something that you want to save for post apocalypse. I mean, you could make money on gold in a normal time like this, right. you know, if you know what you're doing. But as far as, you know, gold is something that's going to save you and your family. Uh, I don't see Well, that well here's the other thing too, Chris. Let's, let's not say it's an apocalypse anymore. Let's say it's current times right now. Mm-hmm. When we get to Mars and Elon's doing his thing there and then SpaceX and they're, you know, built Terraform making a place there. What's the currency there? Cause it's not going to be gold. It's worthless there. It's yeah. only valuable here on earth, but on, on Mars, they're going to have to find resources in the ground there to sustain themselves. They're not going to be transporting shit to and from earth. There's going to be a whole new currency there. And what that may be is not going to be in the form of something shiny and pretty. It's going to be, what can we use here to sustain us? What's going to, what, what has value here? More, more than likely, it's going to be resources and material to terraform. And when you're living on Mars, you'll say, well, here's my little bubble that I live in and I need more of X, whatever it is to survive here. What can I give you in trade for it? The bartering system there will become efficient in the beginning and eventually Elon and some other corporation, I hate to say it, will get there and the resource that's valuable there will become the gold there and said, we'll start the whole thing over again. <laughs> you know, uh, that'd be a shame because, you know, terraforming Mars would be a, a great way to kind of, you know, rejump civilization. Yeah. But unfortunately to, in order to keep population balanced and control, and I hate to use words like that, they're going to have to create a bartering system because look how we are as humans. We will, we will use a resource till it's gone. Someone must be there to balance that out. Right. Someone's got to play. Someone's got to be an advocate for the, for, for everyone. Cause it, all right, for me, my, my guilty pleasure is Reese's peanut butter cups. If I live in this house and there's Reese's peanut butter cups here and there's other people living here, I'm like, well, I want to eat all of them. I don't want to share them. Right. Cause that's the instinct of us. Right. We do share cause we care, but in our heart of hearts, we're like, well, I really wish I had more peanut butter cups. We mm-hmm. would have to have someone buffer out there. And so that's what's going to end up happening. And so the species that observe us, the things that are visiting us, I think they that's part of their research. Let's see what these guys are doing. Because like I was talking about on the podcast before, if they are trying to use a hybrid program to, to walk among us, and they're currently, whether they are or not, that's a long time. They're not doing that in one generation. That's millennia of research. It's it's, I don't know, what would it take humanity to, let's say we go to Titan. Titan's got its own atmosphere to breathe air there. I even watched a movie about this. And we wanted to like, kind of like make a hybrid human that could breathe that atmosphere. It's not going to happen overnight. That's a no. long time. It takes time. Right. So, but it can be done. Right, exactly. It can't, because biology has proved one thing. Life will do everything it can to prevail. 
everything. We see this on Earth with the extreme of files. We've watched the evolutions of, of creatures here on Earth over a small period of time. They've evolved. Roaches. Man, I got to tell you, Chris, did you ever watch Ro- Roaches will survive anything. I'm telling you, Chris, I got to share this documentary. Roaches have learned bait. Did you know that? If you use once upon a time, if you were using sugar bait to get a roach to poison it, they've mm-hmm. learned to recognize that it's killing other roaches and they now avoid the sugar bait. <laughs> they are that quick to evolve. It's the scariest yeah. thing. It is, isn't it? I mean, roaches. Yeah. <laughs> gonna- and, 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 we, and we need to evolve. You know, we need to see the dangers in, in certain things. Right. We, we, and we overstep, like, you know, we, we don't spend enough money. We don't spend enough time working on, on medical stuff and be, looking at what our ancestors used to do for certain things. Right. You know, we're, we're too corporated right now in, in our society where, you know, oh, take this pill. There's a, but there's also so many better ways. I can't tell you, you know, I, I, I did some holistic stuff. And I thought it was all garbage. I was just skeptic. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. And I got to tell you, you know, I started looking at some of this uh, traditional old stuff. And, man, it works. It really works. I agree. You know, listen, Chris, I took Adderall for a long time because, uh, you know, the short attention span or whatever it was, a lot of energy to contain. I needed to be hyper-focused and, like, say, when I was shooting pool or when I was studying for school. Um and then I just wanted, I didn't want chemicals in my body anymore. So I'd started doing research. I, I ended up using nootropics. I even used uh, Joe Rogan's alpha brain. I still do. In fact, use mm-hmm. the alpha brain. And then that's more for when I have like a, let's say a podcast or if I want to write down material and I want to focus on it. But when I'm shooting pool, I would drink coffee and take L-theanine, caffeine and L- two natural things. And it would give me about the same as what Adderall did, that, that burst of energy, but a controlled platform to work with, right? You're, you're more level because the caffeine gives you the energy and, and the, the mental boost and the L-theanine relaxes you. So you're not going over the top of getting jittery. It's a great balance. And so I was kind of upset when I found that combination. I'm like, wow, I could have been using this for years instead of using chemicals that were harmful to my body. And then that translated to me saying, well, what else could I do for my body? And then now I take a bunch of vitamins day. <laughs> I have morning, afternoon, and night vitamins for every purpose. But the point yeah. I make is you're right. Holistically, you could do a lot of things if you put the time and an effort into it. But the thing is, is that a lot of this stuff is kept quiet from us. So we, yeah. we don't use it. So the pharmaceutical companies can make huge money on it. Yeah. It's sad to say because someone asked me once, are we ever going to cure cancer? Uh, and the answer is we, we could, I think we might already have, but then probably how but, many nurses, doctors, buildings, facilities, scanners, m- machineries, pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical, re- how many jobs are out there relying or solely around that? A lot. You know what a medical person told me? Huh? It's more profitable to the treat than the cure. Yeah, that's and it's scary to say that. If uh, someone told me a long time ago, and I believe him when he said this, is if you cure the common cold tomorrow, Tylenol would have you killed. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, if you think about it, we we are so much into treating symptoms yep. as we are as to trying to cure what what we actually have. We don't look at it. We look at treating symptoms, uh, masking symptoms. And we think that's a better quality of life as opposed to let's just fix the problem. We've gone away. And that's throughout society. 
we've gone away from fixing the problem. Yep. We we have this idea of let's put a band-aid, whether it's UFOs, whether it's hunger. Yeah, it's the patch else. mentality, yep. Yeah. We just want to put a band-aid on it and you know, and that that'll make people happy and, and stop thinking about stuff anymore. I mean, Chris, check it out. When you were in homicide, working in homicide, did you and other detectives and cops talk about UFOs and how did that go then? Oh, we did. I right. mean, let's face it. When you work the midnight shift and it's actually kind of quiet and stuff like that, where you're kind of saying, oh, wow, you know, quiet night. You're looking up at the stars. You're listening to coast to coast or some stuff like that. Right. I mean, there's no question. You look up at the sky and you say, what the hell is that? Is that a satellite? What is that? That's that's doing that. Right. So. Yeah, but so, but back then, no. If you you saw one, you didn't really talk about it then. Versus today, if it, it's more, you could it, people are more receptive now, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, back when I when I was working in the, the division, I don't care if an alien fell on the hood of our car. Yeah, right. I mean, if a saucer landed in front of an alien, came out, jumped on the hood of the car. We wouldn't mention squat about it to right. anybody because we'd be going to see the police shrink. Right. And you now know, it's can you imagine going to my captain and going, yeah, an alien was just jumped on my mind and my partner's car. And yeah, Chris, I think you better go see the doctor. Let's go make an appointment. <laughs> right. Versus today. If you see one, you're like, shit, I could have went viral with that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's how the ufology business is is evolved where you know people aren't saying oh he's just crazy anymore or he should be wearing a tin hat or any of this stuff more and more people are are accepting the idea that something's going on whether it's a ghost multi-dimensional whatever right there's just too many people who talk about this unknown subjects bigfoot whatever that there has to be a certain amount of interest that people are starting to absorb about it and and they talk about it i've had people who wouldn't talk about this subject you know you, you know that now chris i don't want to talk about that and I have actually called me up and they started hey i saw this and you know i've been watching that ancient alien program and i, I i've listened to this podcast and stuff tell me about this stuff yeah, it's yeah. more it's more widely accepted now, and only because the the UFO disclosure the, the twenty seventeen videos released or they say that were leaked. I don't think they were leaked. I think that was intentional, personally. Because yeah, I think so. I think they selected their three finest videos for people to say, "Look, this shit's real." And now that same that same effect of like, "Well, the government says it's real." That that control effect comes in. We gotta let's hang on and see when they tell us something new. Because Chris. How long did it take for them to even acknowledge Area 51? It was like 1999, and we already knew about it. And it wasn't uh, until like... It the only reason they acknowledged Area 51 is because they got caught doing right. something illegal. Right. But not only that, yeah, they were dumping... Uh, what was it? They were burning They chemicals. were burning, burning yeah. pits, and people were getting cancers and, and dying from it. Right, and there was lawsuits being presented. So that's 1999 mm -hmm. when they first acknowledged it. The first time it was spoken of by a president publicly was Barack Obama in like 2013, I think it was. Yeah. That's crazy. So now use that same logic and that same pattern to think about this. When they're going to release the information of, of UFOs, now we're talking 30 years, 
all together just to get Area 51 acknowledged by a president. Imagine the length of time it's going to take for us to disclose the idea that there's potentially extraterrestrial life. Crazy oh, amount of time. Just yeah. by that by that math, by that logic, and mm-hmm. seeing the pattern they utilize, I don't know. I think in the next decade, because of private industry going to, to space now, the billionaire's race, maybe we'll be confronted with it a little bit. That's probably why the government's stepping up. Like, holy shit. Like, they're sending William Shatner up there. You know? Who knows who's going to go up next? But the point I make is, you're not going to silence them. That's not going to happen. They're going See, to make- I, think, I think what you actually need is one of those private, like SpaceX or something, go up and actually take photographs of UFOs up there. And actually bring... I, th- I think that would be a huge thing. Can you imagine... Somebody credible took a ride on that. Not a military person, not a government person, right. but you know somebody there and say, "Hey, I brought a camera along, and look what I got. I got a triangle. I got a flying saucer or something." And I think that that's going to be a tipping point, right? It's a maybe not SpaceX because Elon doesn't seem to really care about ufology. I, I think I don't mean it like he doesn't care. I think he doesn't put a lot of uh, energy into it. I think if UFOs come along and he finds one. He's more concerned, like, how do I get their technology? That's his primary concern, not the the mystery behind what they are. He would want the technology. I think he's like Bigelow. I think he's just, I accept it. It's there. So, right. so what? And I got to get up there to, to do all these other things. Where Jeff know? Bezos, on the other hand, the other billionaire going to space, his attitude would be quite different. He's going to think, how do I make a show out of this? How do I make yeah. money on these things? Can I get Amazon on their planet? <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think Elon is a true scientist. He I, is. I mean, if I think if you asked him if aliens are real, I think he'd tell you, yeah, I think they are and stuff, but I don't really Right. It, I don't right. care. It's not a priority to me because I want to to be at Mars where we can then someday meet them on their own planet, you know, planet kind of deal. Agreed. Yeah, cause he, yeah, he would be more interested in technology. Where Jeff Bezos is, how do I turn a dime on this? Uh yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I I think he, if he had pictures and everything like that, I think he'd charge it. To, to you ma- see it, you, you imagine in, in a in a two hundred years, Chris, there's a war going on because people or beings on another planet feel like they're getting ripped off by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we laugh at it now, but I guarantee you our children will probably say, what the hell, They man? saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, they saw it coming. They were talking about this, and sure enough, there it is. But, you know, it's 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 all true. We, we look at stuff. We look at stuff that we saw, you know, in the past, and a lot of things. And I say this about Bob Lazar. People will say, Bob, Bob Lazar was crazy. Bob Lazar was this. Everything Bob Lazar was saying 20 years ago yep. is coming true now. Agreed. <laughs> Every- I, I mean, so here's a guy that was talking 20 years ago about amplifiers and anti-gravity and, and how this works and, and frequencies and everything else that he talked about. And they thought this guy is just out of his lead. And you don't know anything about Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar did not believe in UFOs. Right. Nor did he care. He still doesn't care about it. He cares about the technology. Right. He's like Elon. I only give a right. shit about the technology. That's all I want. Exactly. You know what, and though, Chris? I'm going to tell you right now. I watched a video many, many years ago. Uh, it was a young Bob Lazar, and he was he had a picture of something he drew of what I, I think was the his version of UFO. He was mm-hmm. describing where the amplifiers were. And then he was said, and I sw- he said it word for word, they fly belly first. And then you fast forward 
all the way to 2017, even in 2018, and they see that gimbal video where that thing rotates and it travels belly first, I was like, get the hell out of here. And, and that's exactly And what why are they not giving about. him credit where credit's due? Why is that not happening? You know what I mean? Because they can't. Because they destroyed him. They, they've, they've taken his... Look, here's a guy, they say, oh, he never went to MIT, or he never did this, or right. he never did that. But he's building jet cars out in the desert. Right. Set all okay. that aside. But listen, set all of that aside. The way he described the, how they travel and where the... <laughs> When you see the gimbal video and then you fat, you rewind time all the way to the early 90s where he describes this thing and how it would turn belly first and rotate and, and that's how it would fly. And then you hear a woman from the 1950s say the same damn thing where something rotated and went belly first and then you watch that video. It's like, come on. At some point, you got to put – you don't have to be a, a detective or, or I'll say no. this rocket surgeon to put this together. <laughs> This no, guy exactly. called it. <laughs> and that's why people are, are now seeing Bob Lazar in a different light, because yep. like you just said, wait a minute, he's he talked about this 20 years ago when we were all laughing at it. And now exactly what you said, the instrument that he talks about acts that way. That craft acts that way. Exactly how he said it. There's no misinterpretation of what he said and what the craft is doing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I think Bob Lazar, one, look, I don't think, one, he doesn't give a shit about credit. No. He's not, he's not selling movies. He's not selling, he he doesn't travel speaking. He doesn't, I, I've been trying to get a hold of Bob Lazar. It's proving, proving very hard. And so the point is, he's not interested. I, I, I don't think I could offer him money and he'd probably come on. So the point I make is, his interest is just, as he said, I just, I wanted the technology. This, this guy geeks out on technology. Look what this guy does for a hobby. He plays with chemicals and plays with, with circuit boards. That, these are his hobbies. He's putting rockets on the back of a car. Plus, he's a wild guy. Shoot some guns. And then someone's like, oh, well, he had a brothel. Well, who the hell cares? <laughs> I don't care if he had six brothels with a bunch of girls working there. If, if you told me tomorrow that some guy could invent a way to cure human humans of cancer. Do I give a shit if he hangs out with prostitutes? No, I don't. It's no, I don't either. You got it's it, it's mind blowing that we think like this. We have these weird formal ways of looking at people. Like I don't know, man. He smoked pot. He's a weirdo. What? <laughs> but he just cured cancer, and so there's a problem. <laughs> I don't know, you Chris. Know, the the thing is, Bob Lazar is now inventing stuff that. We just find amazing. I I read somewhere where he developed some kind of sheet metal or something that's light, almost as light as air. And yeah. he is has a place where he, he does his experiments and everything. And apparently, he's got government contracts. Well, yeah, I mean, look, so he, he's a this, he's no dummy. He's undoubtedly an intelligent man. He's undoubtedly a scientist, and. So people understand when he betrayed the government, when he blew the whistle, this is an era where not everything was stored on a database where you like, if I get my computer right now, Chris, and I wipe it clean and, and throw it in whatever in the ocean, the government could get the information out of it. Still, it's not forever. And oh. you can't outside of you incinerating your computer. They're going to get that information. And even then it might be in a cloud somewhere, but we're talking back when he was working at S S two or, or area 51, it was paper documents. 
They could easily get rid of you. And if it wasn't for, I think, it, who, who was it that found the, his name in the phone book? It was um, George Knapp. Uh, George Knapp found, saw his name yeah. in the phone book. His yeah, name Los was Alamos. Right. And so George Knapp really went to bat for him, you know, as he should have. And if he didn't find that, it would have very been easily, they would have erased Bob Lazar, erased mm-hmm. him. And that video footage, again, of him describing how they per- move about versus fast forward to where, how they're doing it currently, come on. You can't, at some point, it's not even about giving Bob Lazar credit. It's more about, this was said 20 plus years ago, and why is it still that we're baby footing around it? You know, I mean, again, back to what we said earlier about, I get it, some control religion, some some people of faith are going to lose their shit. That's fine. But at least give acknowledgement where you have to. You know, acknowledge the certain things that, that would maybe put the, the crazy people at ease, right? So they don't go rushing Area 51. Say something more than, we'll speak about this in a uh, closed session. <laughs> you know, I, it's not good enough. I will tell you this, Adam. When I was, uh, I was w- working in American embassies as a Marine security guard, when I was there, I uh, unfortunately stumbled onto something that I shouldn't have seen. But it wasn't my fault. I, you know, I just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I was totally convinced after talking to somebody with one of those three-letter agencies right. that I was going to end up disappearing if if I ever – and I won't even tell you to this day right? And, and stuff. But I will tell you, I have never been so scared in, in my life. And I've gone against terrorists and everything else but I and some bad people. But this guy, I was totally convinced that m- – there would be no Chris DePerl ever again, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, man, listen, I mean, you're going up against an agency with resources. Exactly. <laughs> this isn't like a bad guy from the show where you could, he may or may not find me. Resourceful three-letter acronyms, will they will do away with you in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's not question I am, it. I, like I said, I had no question in my mind that if I was stupid enough to open my mouth, I I, I would not. I absolutely would not be here today talking to you. Well, I'm glad you are. And on that note, is because uh, we're going to we're going to close out. So I'm going to have you on again. We're, we'll talk in post in a yeah, minute. Yeah, sure, anytime. I'm, I'm going to speak to you in post. Uh, I'll give you some ideas, and the next time we do it, it'll be I have some new subjects. But in the meantime, um, go ahead and remind everyone about the radio station and where else they could find you. Oh, hey, yeah, I'm doing the UFO show with Katie Katie, Katie Page and Katie Cook. It's called Move On What's Up. You could hear it on KGRADB.com. Uh, it's a great show. We have some great people on. We talk just like you do. We challenge our guests and uh, we, you know, we, we kind of lay it out where people are, you know, kind of doing what you do and you do it so well, Adam. I appreciate it, Chris. I'm glad you came on. I, I enjoyed our conversation thoroughly. I'm glad you did. I had a wonderful time. So those of you listening, uh, whether it be evening, night, or day, we're going to say good whatever it is to you, and uh, I'm going to talk to Chris in post, and good day, good night, and whatever.